Some of you are going to find this a bit incredulous, but here's something that federal, state, and local governments all tell us to do that we should actually listen to. Eat more fruits and vegetables. You've heard about the health benefits of increasing plant-based nutrients into your diet, but how can you easily consume all the fruits and veggies needed? Well, it's easy. By adding Grown American Superfood and Essential Vitamins Plus Immunity into your meals. Grown American Superfood and Essential Vitamins Plus Immunity is a power blend that has 31 fruits and vegetables in every scoop. Organic vegetables, super greens, super fruits, and super sprouts. It is fortified with essential vitamins plus an immunity boost. And right now, you can get a free two-week supply of Grown American Superfood and Essential Vitamins Plus Immunity by just paying $8.95 for the shipping and handling. And not only that, you'll also get a free frother to quickly whip up your healthy and nutritious grown American drink. Go to grownamericansuperfood.com forward slash John and order today. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. This is the John Fugelsang Podcast. This is Sirius XM Progress. I'm John Fugelsang. Thea Harper and I are high above Gotham, here in the Howard Stern Tower, 243 floors above. Chris Hauselt is down in the Confederacy, and we are going to be taking your calls all night. What a show we have planned for you. Former senator and civil rights hero, Doug Jones, former Alabama Senator Doug Jones. Now, Doug Jones, wow, was I excited to have this guy. Uh, we, we, We always wanted to have Doug Jones on the show because... He never should have become the senator. Only Donald Trump's evil made a pro-choice Democrat from Alabama a U.S. senator. Only that could happen. And he served until the year 2020 with distinction. He was also, of course, uh, the guy who got the convictions of the Ku Klux Klan members responsible for the bombing of a church that killed four little girls in Birmingham, Alabama. That Doug Jones. He's here. I'm very, very excited for that. Less than one month from now. We are going to be coming to Washington, D.C., the Stephanie Miller Sexy Liberal Save Democracy comedy tour. We will be on the road doing only three dates and only one East Coast date. And that will be at the Harmon Center, Sydney Harmon Hall in Washington, D.C. on Saturday, the 10th of September. It's going to be the original lineup of the tour. Stephanie Miller, Hal Sparks and me. Boy, just the three. I don't think just the three of us have done a show together since 2013. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Go to sexyliberal.com for all the info on that. There are going to be some great special guests that I am not allowed by law. I wanted to reveal them, but it was explained to me uh, in an affidavit that it was classified. And I wasn't allowed to take that information beyond the sexy liberal home office. So uh, I did sneak it out. They subpoenaed me to get me to return it. I gave back some of the classified intel. The rest of it we'll have to reveal when Merrick Garland says we can. So hello to everybody listening all of our live Evil Army of the Night. We look forward to your calls. We love hearing from you. Maybe you're someone who doesn't listen that often at night, but you, you, maybe you're listening tonight, or maybe you just want to get your voice in here sometime. 866-997-4748 is the number you dial to join the conversation. We are just like cable news. 
except we listen to you. We're live and interactive. And hello to all of our day walkers, everyone listening on Sirius XM On Demand, the Sirius XM app, the John Fugelsang podcast. Love to all you guys. You're allowed to write us anytime at our Facebook page or on my website or call us live yourself some evening if you're bored. We love to hear from all of you. I learned so much from the Sirius XM Progress audience. You may have already heard author Salman Rushdie was attacked on stage today in Chautauqua, New York at an event about 55 miles south of Buffalo. Um, Salman Rushdie, of course, became very famous in the late 80s. For his book, The Satanic Verses, which drew widespread condemnation from hardcore right-wing Muslims and the Ayatollah Khomeini, issued a fatwa for his death. And it was a huge story. If you were too young to be around, I mean, literally, you had religious leaders calling for the murder of an author. And even Cat Stevens at the time supported it. I mean, Yusuf Islam, he's gone back on it since, but talking, uh, uh, 10,000 Maniacs took their Cat Stevens cover off their album. It was so divisive and... You know, he always had a great sense of humor about it. And he made he he did songs with you, too. He spent nearly a decade in hiding a decade after all the death threats and this bounty for his murder from the Iranian government. And today he was attacked, taken by helicopter to a hospital. His condition is not known. It is thought that he will live. He might lose an eye. A trooper at the event immediately took the suspect into custody. And this comes just days after the DOJ unsealed charges against an Iranian operative for allegedly plotting to assassinate, again, former Trump national security advisor, John Bolton. Watch this space. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Welcome back. We are deeply honored to welcome our next guest, former U.S. Senator from Alabama. He served as U.S. Attorney for the Northern District of Alabama under President Clinton, where he became a civil rights hero for his successful prosecution of two KKK members for the 1963 Birmingham Church bombing that killed four African-American girls, as well as the indictment of domestic terrorist Eric Rudolph. It is a uh, a great honor to welcome a real political hero at a time when those are lacking, former U.S. Senator Doug Jones. Hello, sir. Welcome. Thank you, John. I appreciate it. It's great to be with you. Thank you. Uh, and it's been a crazy week that we've been surviving. Uh, before we even dive into it, are you moving, sir? I heard you were moving a lot of furniture this week, and, and then, uh, <laughs> you picked kind of a crazy, a crazy time to do some home improvements. Yeah, no, we, we, we've got this uh, little office that my pack uh, that I'm doing my political stuff and this C3, C4, that we're doing some work and political engagement in the South, and we have a little office, and we were just kind of shuffling that, and we hadn't been in it very long, so we are just shuffling some things around, but, you know, I don't, I don't have that 
45, 50 person staff that I used to have in the Senate to <laughs> do those things for me. So it was me and my youngest son. <laughs> well, I got to say, the amount of video output you do alone is deeply inspiring for somebody without a 40 or 50 person staff, because your videos <laughs> are fantastic and informative. And, uh, and and really, I'm so grateful that even though we don't have you in our Senate at the moment, you are uh, such a, a, a commanding presence on, on news. And I, I thank you for bringing your expertise and compassion uh, to all the issues we're discussing, especially a week when we have gotten radiant proof that the DOJ and Merrick Garland have really been doing their jobs. It's been quite a week of evolving narratives. And I'd I'd like to ask, in light of the attack on the Cincinnati FBI Bureau, sir, did the DOJ just have to come out and make a statement and reveal specifics about the search warrant for Mar-a-Lago? Well, I I don't think that those are completely related. Um, That I think they were probably ended up we're going to move that way toward uh, releasing that anyway. You know, there's a lot of reasons. Initially, when a, a search warrant is obtained uh, by, a, by the FBI, and remember, and again, I, I keep emphasizing this, and I want people to understand, this was not just the FBI that decided, hey, we're going to go uh, get these documents and just go, uh, quote, raid a house. That's not what happened here. They went and got a search warrant that had to be approved by a United States magistrate judge um, to give finding probable cause. And when that first happens, when that warrant is, is first obtained, the, everything is put under seal because you don't want to jeopardize the, the agents. You don't want to jeopardize the investigation. You want to be able to have the ability somewhat of surprise because, you know, you don't want documents secreted, destroyed, doing whatever evidence so everything is put under seal, but that's done in, to protect both the investigation, but also the premises and those, the people that are involved, uh, the homeowner or business owner, whatever the case may be. Well, clearly, during the execution of this warrant, the former president started tweeting out the fact that it was ongoing, which, which right. was, a, a, again, it just reminded you so much of things about January 6th because it was a rallying cry. And, and I, we're just fortunate that there was not violence that night with yes, these sir. FBI agents. So I, I think that if there was going to be a move at that point, so many of the reasons you keep a doc, documents, certain documents under seal had kind of fallen by the wayside because of the publicity. Now, the one thing that's not being unsealed is the affidavit. That's where the real meat of the coconut is. That's where right. the, the, the evidence is. And we're not going to see that. We may not see that for some time. We'll just have to see how it goes. And again, it's the warrant that explains and details the reasons for the search. It is the affidavit that details what specifically was taken from the premises, correctly? Correct? Well, it's, yes and no. It, 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 the, the warrant will tell you the premises to be served and what they're looking for and the potential violations that are implicated. And it won't go much beyond that. Now, you'll have a separate inventory. But if media reports are correct, that a lot of the documents that were, were removed from Mar-a-Lago were classified, top-secret type documents, you're only going to see that inventory in very general terms right. for the obvious reasons. You know, the, the underlying affidavit really is the basis. It, it, it outlines the evidence that a FBI agent, in this case, by the way, it was the head of the counterintelligence um, unit up in um, at, at, at the FBI. So it went, this was not a line agent here. This went really right. high up. It outlines all the evidence that they've gathered for which a judge can make a probable cause determination 
that a crime has been committed, probable cause to believe a crime has been committed, and that uh, evidence of that crime was on the premises. So the affidavit really is the basis. It is the evidentiary, and that's why it has to remain closely held until the investigation uh, moves a little further down the road. Incidents like this, I think, are very valuable for the uh, de facto civics lesson they give to so many of us. We're already having national dialogues on probable cause, uh, issuance of a search warrant as opposed to raid. And, of course, the fact that the warrant was issued by a magistrate. Uh, If you don't mind, Senator, I'd like to ask you to unpack that a bit for us. Why is it significant that this was issued by a magistrate justice? Well, I think it can be significant. You know, one of the things that I've, I've complained about, John, is that the media, with all due respect, and I include you in the media, has has so politicized the judiciary. Now, they've done it to themselves a good bit. I mean, Clarence Thomas especially has really politicized the Supreme Court, as has some others. But the media does that, too, when all of a sudden the first thing that would have been said um, it, once the judge's name, if this was a United States district judge, was like, this is a Trump judge or this is an Obama judge. Or, or a Clinton judge or a Bush judge. Right. And there's an immediate political connotation. Prejudice. To yeah, it, immediate. It, people immediately, that's the world we're living in today. And in this case, a United States magistrate judge is appointed by the entire court of that district, which means, and I don't know the makeup of those judges, but it's likely to be a mix of both Republican and Democratically appointed and, and confirmed judges. So this magistrate judge is in a little bit different non-political boat than even uh, a judge seen, in, at least in terms of the, of the view of the media. They can't label him in one camp or another. Right. I mean, I think that's why many people were trying, bending over backwards, to stress that the FBI director was a Trump appointee to avoid that sort of political jockeying. Sure. You know, it, it, how rare is it, sir, that the DOJ would move to unseal a warrant? I mean, that's that's another civics lesson that we haven't really talked about too much in life before. Does this happen often that they would try to unseal a warrant, especially because Donald Trump could always just post it on Truth Social and we'd all know? Yeah, I mean, look, at, at, at a point when the evidence of a search warrant and by that, I mean, facts surrounding a search, uh, the fact that the, the search took place, it's in the news, it's in the media from whatever the warrant is going to only going to get you so far and um, in terms of the public knowledge. And so it's not that unusual to ultimately um, release a warrant. It's a little bit more uh, unusual maybe to release the contents, the inventory of what search, which is why I think you're going to see a pretty generic, you know, a list right. of box A, box B, box C, you know, box mm-hmm. labeled classified material or something like that. So it's not that unusual, I think, that, ult- you know, in short order, and it, but it really does depend on the circumstances. Most every warrant at some point is made public uh, yes. because the, the it, it's outweighed. It's the affidavit that remains sealed for a period of time. And that can be done to both protect the investigation protect the rights of, of a potential target of the investigation, because, it, it, you know, you don't want to too prejudice even um, a potential target that, that could get charged with a crime right. too, in, in advance, or it could be there to protect the safety of, in, of people that are, are called either informants or confidential sources, those kind of things. So there's a lot of reasons, but, but I don't think it's too unusual to see it. Um, the warrant itself 
become public. It's just a question of timing on that. And this is mm-hmm. pretty quick, I might add. But Well, you mentioned the element of surprise, and I would agree, except it, it does seem when you look at it that they had already requested the documents, had many documents returned. We found out that they had subpoenaed the remaining documents, a subpoena that was apparently ignored. Uh, Merrick Garland said that standard practice is to seek less intrusive means than having a warrant search. And of course, they did it when Mar-a-Lago was off season. There was no one there but staff and FBI. It does appear, sir, the government really did try to avoid this. Oh, I don't think there's any question about that. That, that, I'm glad you pointed that sentence out in the statement that the attorney general gave. Because I think it was a, a, a kind of a, a backdoor way of acknowledging some of the press reports that we've heard and some of the reports from Donald Trump's own lawyers that, yeah, there were conversations. Agents had been down there. Agents had looked at the, some of these things. They had tried to get the, these documents. They went as far as getting a subpoena for these documents. Mm-hmm. And it and that is tr- that is showing, I think, an, an enormous amount of respect for the office of a former president. And they, but at some point, if these documents are as sensitive as what they believe them to be, and remember, they don't, they didn't know until they walked in there what they were actually going to get. And so if these documents were, were as sensitive as they thought they might be, and that's the key, if they had a good faith reason to believe that they're top secret classified, then at some point you just got to pull the trigger and say, okay, we have gone the extra mile here. We got to get a warrant and we got to go knock on the door and we got We got to bust a lock or two if we have to and get these documents because our national security is at stake. But even with that, John, I, I'm, I would submit to you that these FBI agents and the attorney general and Director Ray showed incredible respect because Indeed. they did this at a time they did not. You know, the, the president didn't come out in his bathrobe. He was mm-hmm. in New York City. The whole club was pretty much closed and you only had some, you know, some maintenance people there, routine couple of maintenance people. And the Secret Service who were there guarding that area was given a heads up that we're coming, you know, and and so they continue to show that respect, even with the execution of a search warrant. And that's getting completely lost. This is not a bunch of rogue agents busting down doors, breaking in, ransacking houses. It just didn't happen that, that way. That's and right. the fact that it's even being classified as a raid, I think, is is uh, improper. I would agree. We've been having that whole discussion about the language that's being used all week and which media outlets are saying raid, which media outlets are saying warrant search. We're mindful of not wanting to feed this victim martyr narrative. But in terms of things that are overlooked, I think it's also important that we we stress, particularly to our friends in the, the center and the left, um, I think we need to remind folks we really might not see any criminal charges coming from this. Isn't that right? Uh, that's true. I mean, look, there was obviously probable cause to believe that a crime had been committed, but not every crime like that rises to the level of actually in uh, a prosecution or to a, a significant felony prosecution. You know, this could be a combination where there was a crime that was committed, but the overriding concern was the documents themselves and the national security implications and potentially putting people's lives at risk, uh, we don't know yet. But I, yes, there may be something that comes out of this, but there might not be because at least they've got their documents and can show. But I also believe that, that at some point, 
we're going to learn more about this. We're going to know what yeah. was said and done, what the basis was. And if there is a, a prosecution, we'll f- it will be outlined. And if there is a declination, there will be some acknowledgement by the Department of Justice. This is the, these are the documents that, that were taken or in, in a general term. This is how important they were. Or either they will say, look, the, we, this was we felt compelled because we believed it was there. But as it turns out, the documents we don't think rises to a level of 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 a prosecution that could very well happen. It just, you know, like it it says earlier, but again, I go back to the fact that regardless of how this ultimately ends, the law, the rule of law, the constitution of the United States was all followed to the letter. Yes. At least as we can tell. And the only way that you could ever so is if there was some kind of false statements made somehow, some way, but in terms of procedure, it was non-political, it was nonpartisan, and it was to the letter of the law as required by the Constitution. Absolutely. Now, again, also, this matter is completely distinct from the January 6th hearings and from the Georgia Attorney General investigation and the New York State investigation into the Trump org, for which he took the fifth 440 times this week. As a legendary prosecutor, sir, do you ever have trouble keeping track of all these investigations? It's um, this is a, this is a really unique set of circumstances. Um I think with different different courses of conduct uh, that occurred between uh, among individuals uh, at the highest levels of our government at one time. So it's it's um, a, a, I hope people will try to keep this somewhat separated in their mind, because, you know, the, the New York matter is a purely civil case. The January 6th investigation is a legislative body that is there on a fact-finding mission. They are not there to prosecute. And the Georgia case specifically deals with uh, alleged um, violations of Georgia state law. And then you've got a much broader investigation uh, that the Department of Justice uh, has done that it, it goes everywhere from some type of conspiracy to obstruct That's justice, right. conspiracy to obstruct government relations, the, it, the events of, of storming the Capitol on January 6th and potentially some obstruction afterwards. So it is it it it, it really does take an, a, a spreadsheet to try to keep up with this. Now, I, I've held off this long, Senator, talking about the politics of it all. But let's just look at a two week period in in the middle of the summer for in two weeks under this administration. The CHIPS Act passed. The PACT Act passed. They killed the leader of Al-Qaeda. Gas prices, the lowest in 50 days. Unemployment, the lowest in 50 years. Huge job numbers. The IRA, the uh, in, the uh, Inflation Reduction Act, and Kansas. It certainly yeah. seems that regardless of what poll numbers say, this White House and administration and this Democratic Party is enjoying uh, an unprecedented period of productivity and success. It, yeah, it is. It is absolutely um it is absolutely unprecedented. Um, I think people will have to uh, acknowledge that. And, and and I've been trying to get my friends uh, in the Democratic Party to uh, start acknowledging this months ago, even as these were all of these things were in the works. As soon as I left the White House from the my role helping the Supreme Court justice, I, I was speaking to folks all over the country and I said, look, we quit, and we need to quit wringing our hands here and talking about uh, our, our low numbers. 
we have got the, the, the benefit of such great work, great candidates. We've got to get out there and start uh, talking about it because that's how we turn those numbers around. And I think this has been an extraordinary summer for the president. I think it's been an extraordinary summer for the Democrats. And I keep, you know, you, you just you rattled off better than I could. All of the successes, incredibly consequential legislation, things that, that the administration itself has done. And I've also kept hammering on the fact, two facts, Washington, getting these done things done to candidates being put up by uh, uh, by the other side. Compare Maggie Hassan to whoever it is she's going to run against in New Hampshire. Catherine Cortez Masto to Adam Laxalt. You compare Raphael Warnock to Herschel Walker, for goodness sakes. Compare Mark Kelly to, uh, uh-huh. what's his name, Blake. Uh-huh. There, there is no comparison. And Dr. Oz. The fact yeah. is, the dim- yeah, D- Dr. Oz is, <laughs> is another one. Um, you know, Senator Johnson from Wisconsin is, is a, right. another one. So the, the other thing that people have to understand is they say, well, you know, a lot of these things are not going to have an effect by the election. And that's true. But what the people of this country are seeing is that there are people out there working for them who understand that they are suffering from some of these inflation and these high gas prices that are now coming down, dropped a dollar over the last month. They see they see folks for the first time now saying they're working for me. They're they're doing the kind of things necessary. And what is it that the other side is doing? Complaining, just complaining, trying to use moving the the goalpost. Well, we need to talk about inflation. Oh, I mean, gas prices are dropping. Let's talk about a search warrant down in Mar-a-Lago. And they just keep shifting around with no umbrage, plan. Umbridge, umbridge is all they have to yeah. offer. Umbridge and outrage yeah. and Hunter Biden. That's that's it. That's exactly. I mean, you you brought a lot of inspiration to America in 2017 when you were elected as a pro women's reproductive rights Democrat in the state of Alabama, a Democrat who has a 100 percent rating from Planned Parenthood and a zero percent rating from the misnamed National Right to Life Committee. So I, I have to ask you, what do you think is the real lesson of the deep, deep, deep red state Kansas referendum enshrining women's reproductive rights in a place where none of us could have expected it? I think that it is indicative of what people have been saying along. That is where the people of this country are. The, the, it, it is not where a bunch of gerrymandered legislatures like they have in Kansas and Indiana and Alabama and Oklahoma um, that is purely representative of gerrymandered districts and a very small percentage of the Republican primary. That's not where the people of the states are. Poll after poll after poll shows that everyone wanted to keep, uh, I say everyone, there is a huge majority that wanted to keep Roe versus Wade in place. They want to give women some of the options. They do believe there are limits. And that's the danger, I think, that Democrats have to uh, understand and recognize. This is not just unbridled. We can't take the overturning of Roe versus Wade with some unbridled uh, blank check to do whatever we want. We've got to go to some extent where people are and they do want to see some checks on the, on, on abortion, but it's late term kind of things. It's, it's, it's exceptions. And we've got to go where folks are because there is a, there is a place there, I think for the democratic party to be that embraces so many things that America has. And it was really an interesting contrast in that one week on a Tuesday, we had Kansas, the people of Kansas voting. And then in the very same week, you saw a gerrymandered legislature in Indiana saying, we know better. 
we know better than the people of Indiana. We know better than folks because we we answer to a very small percentage of our individual districts, and we we're in the majority. We're going to carry the day. So yeah. I think people across it's going to take some time, but I think, I, but but I'm, let me say it right now to everybody out there. Kansas proved my election in 2017 proved every vote counts and we've got to energize. We've got to get out there. We've got to organize. Do not believe your vote does not count. Get your friends, your family, and make sure you get out to the polls in November. Uh, Senator, I I have to agree. And I've always admired the way that you managed to get along and work with your Republican counterparts. In your experience in the U.S. Senate, I'm sure you've encountered lots of Republican brothers and sisters who privately can acknowledge the mendacity and corruption of this reality show performer who's taken over their party. Is that is the sense you're getting that they're hoping that somehow these hearings will just allow them to clear the field for Ron DeSantis or whoever it is they want to be their next standard bearer? I know it's impossible for a lot of our Republican friends in the House and Senate to come out and say what they really think because they're terrified of being primaried. But I have to believe that a lot of them are as appalled as Democrats. No, I think that that's true privately, but I'm not sure that they're like wanting the, the field to clear for somebody like DeSantis, who literally uh, punishes Tinkerbell for speaking out against things that he stands for. Um, I, I, I think they see a whole um, faction, whether you want to call it the MAGA faction or whatever, that is beyond Donald Trump. And DeSantis is a part of that. I think Hawley is a part of that. Potentially Cotton is a part of that and some others. And the, the others that are making their, their voices heard, Pence, maybe you know, Nikki Haley, folks like that, they're enablers. No one oh, yeah. is condemning. Oh, yeah. yeah, no one is condemning the actions of Donald Trump. No one is condemning, uh, even if they think he, they might not be, should be prosecuted, no one should is even listening to the January 6th to understand the, the compelling evidence about his dereliction of duty and a violation of his oath right before and on and right after January 6th. So nobody is condemning that. So I'm not sure how far the party is really moving. I think the, the better angels in that party are just not speaking out right now. And we'll see when they do. I think there's been a call. I have heard some voices. Asa Hutchison, the governor of Arkansas, has has started to speak out some. Larry Hogan, governor of Maryland, speaks out some who who have a little bit more condemnation uh, in their voice than all of the others. And what I worry about is that, as I said a minute ago, that this whole faction has gotten beyond Trump into a much more uh, scary role. And they all rallied around and. The, the rhetoric that has been used that I think stokes violence is really dangerous. I agree. Do you think that uh, Attorney General Garland has succeeded in disabusing his critics, accusing the DOJ of being weaponized? No, I mean, not not a faction. I think that for a lot of America, he did. A lot of America saw him. He saw they saw the the, the temperament, the judge, the, the fairness. Um, they saw his support for the Department of Justice. Uh, and an explanation. And I think that that's the kind of thing that's really important. But you've got a faction out there that and his critics that would will never um, they'll never be satisfied at, at yeah. this point. I'm not right. sure they would be satisfied if he laid all the evidence out. And it was so compelling that any, you know, just really compelling. That's just where we are in this country, unfortunately. 
Terrifying but true. In our final minute, Senator, I thank you so much for your time. I congratulate you on uh, the approval of uh, Katanji Brown-Jackson, and I thank you for your stewardship of her nomination process. It was really wonderful watching you lead her through all of that, uh, and you are an unsung hero in that confirmation. Senator, you're someone I've always admired for keeping hope foremost in your words while never compromising your intelligence and, and inspiring hope in people's hearts during a dark time. I can't overstate what you did for the national psyche with your election to the Senate. What's giving you hope now in 2022? You know, it's giving me hope that I still hear that from a lot of people like you and others. And I, and people want that kind of hope. I st- what gives me hope is what I see in Kansas. What gives me hope is what I see, uh, how the Democratic Party in the Congress is beginning be- to, to become a, a governing majority. They're not the fractured party as much as they were about 18 months ago, where you Mm -hmm. saw people on the right and the left trying to be a my way or the highway. We've had actually started to form a governing party. We've got some amazing candidates out there that we're running for the House and the Senate. And I am beginning to see people starting to push back. They're starting to see through the, the, the problems that we have here and recognizing the issues that are coming from the radical right. So. You know, Kansas gave me a lot of hope. I think it built on the election that we had in 2017 because it just proves that the people out there, people, not the not political leaders who are doing things for their own political benefit, but folks out there want to come. They want to be there in the middle. They want to see people. They want to go where people are. They want to work together to try to get things done and move things forward. I just have a faith in the American people that I'm just never going to give up on. Senator Doug Jones, it is a great pleasure to have you join us. Please come back anytime. It's going to be a very interesting fall, and we'd be thrilled to have more of your expertise here. Oh, I'd love to be back. Thanks for having me today. Brilliant. Thank you, and we'll be right back. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We are at 866-997-GRIT, and thank you guys so much for your patience on hold. Hello to Ralph in Connecticut. Hi, John. Hey. Hey, um, you asked uh, what we think will, uh, what's going to happen to Trump. Yeah. I, he's going to take a plea bargain. That's what I say. I'm he's sure. in so much trouble. Yeah. Trouble we don't even know about. He's I mean, going to take a plea bargain. A They're lot of plea bargains. It's more than one case. It's a lot of plea bargains. And I think yes. you're right. I've yes. always said he will never see the inside of a jail cell. I don't care what my liberal friends think. It's never going to happen. Well, I mean, you could still take a plea bargain and end up in jail, though. Never. Never, never, never. And and the people who no. own this country won't want that. They don't want him to be president again, but they also yeah. won't want to see him in jail. It would. Can you imagine the terrorism 
in our country? What would happen if that actually was the case? These 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 racists would lose their mind. I hear you. I hear you. But I mean, um, what did Merrick Garland say? Go without fear, whatever he said, right? And look, they um, might indict you know. him. They might prosecute him. I'm just saying, regardless of what happens, I'm sure he'll mm-hmm. settle anything. No one wants the optics of America throwing its own president in jail. Although lots of developed nations do that when corrupt people have been running them. But uh, I, I, I think karma is going to take care of this guy. I don't think he'll be a president again ever. I think he's going to be burning money for lawyers for the rest of his life. And uh, I don't think he's ever going to do time. And I don't care if he does. He will, he will publicly have to admit his guilt, though, right? Mm, I can't imagine it. I can't imagine huh. it. Can you? Can you imagine Trump admitting his guilt? Um, well, maybe they, that's what they say. Maybe that's he does so he doesn't go to jail, but maybe he publicly has to, you know, admit his guilt. And that's his punishment. Oh, and so and nice. it's not putting him in jail. I know. And so the maniacs I won't love get the way that, you say it. It's um, so beautiful. It's like, oh, it's like porn for moral people. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I, 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 I think that he is just going to be a hunted man for the rest of his life. I don't think he's ever going to have the grace to ever admit he was wrong about anything. And I think as long as he draws breath, he will be dividing us. Yeah, well, there's something else I wish that I won't state. No, go know. ahead, say it. What is it? Come on. What is it? Oh, oh no, no, no. No, I'm a, no, it's that that's that's okay. okay. You didn't you didn't catch on uh, what I meant. You always say you never wish death on any any anybody. You don't and, wish death you know. on Donald Trump. Come on. You really want him no, to die? You know what, John? I you know what, John? I don't. You're no. you're actually right. Want him to I, live I a long time being feeble and helpless. Want him to live a long time yes. where where the yeah, only the only health health assistants who will take care of him are like Trinidadian immigrants that he finds <laughs> repulsive. Like I want Donald Trump to grow old and grotesque. I want him to be wearing a bib for decades. Oh, I want him to just live a long time. I want him to live long enough to see all of his grandchildren change their last names. And when he does die, and I don't wish him to die, but when he does die, it's gonna be it's gonna be remarkable. Because just imagine the funeral. Imagine the ratings for the funeral. Imagine who Melania uh-huh. is going to bring as a date to the funeral. It's a lot to look forward to. But let's 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 wish him a long life, long, yes. sad, lonely, tormented life of being revealed for the fraud he is. I can get behind that. Right on. Thanks, Ralph. See, isn't that nice? Thank we're being, we're being sadistic, not not fatalistic. Thank you. Eight six six nine nine seven forty seven forty eight. Let's say hello to our friend Norman Tampa. Hello, sir. Hey. How you doing, John? Can Great. You hear me? I sure can. How are you, sir? Oh, I'm doing fine. I'm I'm hanging in here. I'm still fighting as always. I'm glad. And uh, I'm still within the norms. Is he going to put it that way? But listen, I agree with you on one thing. I think that nothing's going to except Norm. I need you to speak directly into the phone because I need you a little clearer for me, okay? Because I want to get this. So I want to hear everything okay. you say. There we go. Okay. Uh, let me do it like this. Then. There we. Oh, that's. Oh, you took the pillow uh, off your head. I love it. Nice. Go ahead. Yeah. Okay. I think that uh, nothing's going to happen to Trump. Yeah, I think that he's he's just exhibited what this country has has shown us. When you have privilege, you don't have to follow any rules. I don't think uh, I think Merrick Garland. I mean, yeah, okay, we got him, but got the 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 uh, the documents and stuff. And you know, the question is, what was he doing? With maybe he was trying to build his own nuclear bomb. I don't know what he was doing, but the point is, is that. He's ex- es- escaped so much for so long. I know. I mean, he's just there's no there's no law in the book that applies to uh, 
to Donald Trump. And as far as prison, I agree with you about uh, prison time. If that was you and I, uh, John, it would be just talking about it. It would be a conspiracy. And you'd buy, I would be already uh, having a, a $400 million bail and stuff <laughs> on both of us. This, this, yeah. this, and that's the sad part, because what happens is is that this, the other guys are going to get empowered from it. And we're What like, other guys? What, what guys do you before. mean? Who do you mean? Like DeSantis? I mean, guys, they, 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 I wouldn't say a DeSantis. But DeSantis Juniors and right. DeSantis and Trump Juniors, right. uh, I, I mean, are going to come along later on. And like, like look at uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene. She just pretty much says, once she's not accountable or anything, uh, you can make up stuff. And uh, again, you say it long enough. You're right. It's going to be true. And the sad part is, is that this I swear we're going to go to blows in this country because if it we already happened, are. We're already there. We're already there. Guy, yeah, guy walked yeah, into yeah. guy walked into the Cincinnati field office with a nail gun and started shooting at people yesterday. Yeah. We're, we're there. FBI people too. Yeah. So uh, you know it's uh, it's 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 it, we're, we're like I said we're I was listening to, to John Besham where he says that the rule of law this country operates on the rule of law and it's through its collectivism that people abide by the, the, the rule of, if we don't have the rule of law, then we disintegrate or we fall yeah. apart. Somewhere, just something like that. Yeah, And that's what's happening here. And, and Trump strongly believes to this day he can get away because he's president. We have in this country two presidents, one in Mar-a-Lago, and what? Look at it. What, look at the way he gets. How dare they treat a, a president like this? This guy's a former president. Well, he's a president of the. Hey, let's be fair. In the eyes of the Confederacy, he's still the president. I've yeah, always said Trump is the true. Trump is the second Confederate president and still is. Well, uh, and uh, the sad part is, is that they didn't do much. They didn't do anything to Jefferson Davis. Hmm, you're right. And they certainly didn't do any. And they're not going to do anything to. to Donald Trump, and that's going to empower him, and we're going to repeat ourselves. Amen. What we did before with the Reconstruction uh, uh, debacle and uh, um, and the yeah. beginning of Jim Crow apartheid. You know, Norm, earlier this evening I was on the News Nation, and we were having mm-hmm. a panel about Trump, and I, I said it. I said, we, you know, liberals have to be really prepared for to, to never hear anything about this story again. We may never hear what comes of this nuclear document story this may just go away and you'll never get satisfaction and you need to be prepared for that you know we we don't know what the back door wheelings and dealings are we don't know what kind of chess game is being played we don't know who's holding who in check who's trying to intimidate who we don't know what any of this is about and any deals that are made we probably won't be privy to until the players are dead so we just got to keep on keeping on and fight well he already committed treason when he brought in uh, was it three or four russians uh the and I, the names escape me, yeah. but he brought in these guys into the White House. I know. And then it served up uh, uh, our submarine possessions, sensitive uh, uh, military data. You got uh, that right. Or, and he compromised the security of, of of this country. And and nothing happened to him. And what has happened, people are still 75 million votes later. You got people still here. That believe though, and the, the dangerous part is the supportive team. Look who's on his team: Kevin McCarthy. I mean, these are elected <laughs> officials. What else went on 
with this insurrection. That's right. That we don't know about the hidden agenda, the people, the, the parties that participated with, and it goes all the way up to the Supreme Court with uh, with certain members of the court. They probably weren't actively involved, but they were. I hear you. Uh, well, but, uh, uh, some uh, of them, some of them may have been actively involved, and the spouses of some yeah. of them as well. Norm, I thank you so much. I wish you a great weekend. I want to get to all of our calls before the end of the hour. This is SiriusXM. This episode is brought to you by Philo. Do you love TV? Do you love saving money? Then Philo is your solution. Philo has shows, movies, and live TV for just $25 a month. You can even try it for free with their seven-day free trial. No contracts, no commitments, no hassles, just a better way to watch TV. Never miss a minute of shows like the hit docuseries Where is Wendy Williams or classics such as Friends. If you can't get enough TV, then there's no better way to watch. Philo has more than 70 channels like BET, MTV, and AMC. And the best part? You can try it yourself with their seven-day free trial. Sign up today at philo.tv slash poppods. That's P-H-I-L-O dot TV slash P-O-P-P-O-D-S to get 50% off your first month. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Bill in New Jersey, welcome. Hey, hey, John. Hi. Yeah, I think the best punishment for Trump, if he's charged with anything is uh, eight years doing community service in Compton. <laughs> All right. Think? You know what? There's the Bronx. There's closer neighborhoods to home, but sure, whatever it takes. Yeah, I mean, uh, picking up the garbage, yeah. you know, being yelled at, yeah. and, uh, being how real people live. You know, in, uh, in Yiddish, there's an expression for people like uh, Trump. They're called rich from having money. Mm. And that's been his, you know, his whole life. He yeah. had no other direction than to go down. It's and true. And he couldn't keep keep his mouth shut. Just a modicum of appropriateness. And he'd be a much richer person. He kept his mouth shut in the White House. He would have been there still. But he screws himself every time. Yeah. And I don't think he had the uh, wits or interest in seeing what was being uh, trucked off to uh, Mar-a-Lago. I think Stephen Miller probably went through the documents because Trump doesn't know what's good or bad or what matters. Well, you know what? You know what? I wouldn't be so quick to take the blame off of Trump and give it to Stephen Miller because I don't think he actually packed the boxes himself. I can't imagine Trump Uh taking 20 seconds to try to find packing tape and be able to find where the break in the tape. Can you imagine his stubby little fingers trying to pull the tape off the roll? It was not going to happen. But I'm sure he directed it. I'm sure he directed it. They already asked for their stuff back. And he didn't give it back. Mm-hmm. And then they subpoenaed him, and he blew up the subpoena. This guy is dirtier yeah. than Chris Christie's hamper. Mm-hmm. Right. But uh, um, the, the thing is, is it's not over by a long shot, because until the last Republican or conservative denounces Reagan, the great God Reagan, nothing's going to happen. I Even know. 
Scarborough in the morning and all these well-meaning... And, and by the time they will, there'll be new ones. By the time they will, there'll be new ones they have to deny. But you're exactly right, Bill, and I, I thank you very much. Let me get one more call before the break. John in St. Louis, welcome. Hi, hey, John. How's it going? Good, good. Only got about a minute. What's on your mind? Hey, I just want to talk about, like, let's take politics out of this for a minute. Okay. The reality is, since 2016, Trump has divided families, right? Like... Yeah. We have families who are about Trump and on the mega train. Well, other individuals are like, no. Yeah. And the reality is, sure, this man is a crook. But some of us today are no longer speaking to certain family members. And it sucks. It sucks. But the reality is we won't we won't stand for that. And we've had to put a distance with those family members that want to continue to be on this plane. And, and do you think that, that that connection can be restored one day when this is in the past? Do you think you can mend those things and and ever be on the side of these people? Can you? I don't know. It's been it's been what, six years since since then and yeah. they are still still there. I hear you. I still know still believing that he is the man he said he was six or seven years ago. It's ridiculous. And all I can say to them is, I hope you grow out of this. The 21st century will be awaiting you with open arms. John, thank you so much. I'm sorry we didn't have more time. we got to hit a break. This is SiriusXM. XM.